Tanga Makuba, who is joining you on the line, joins you to chat about the 2024 budget speech that will be presented by Finance Minister Godongwane at a sitting at the National Assembly in Cape Town City Hall this afternoon for the upcoming fiscal year. The budget presents uh, an overall synopsis of the state of the country's finances, amendments to tax, spending plans, distribution of revenue and expenditures across spheres of government. And as I've said your guest today changa makumba an associate in tax practice at baker mckenzie south africa joins you now uh, to talk uh, on all the tax related issues in the budget speech because from the past or on the past couple of days uh changa we've been hearing about they're going to raise our personal income tax no 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 it's going to go to sin uh, <laughs> to to the sins uh taxes no 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 it will go into businesses it does get to one's head and it is a stressful, stressful, stressful thought. Tsangai, very good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us on the show. Indeed, Abungile, good morning to you and good morning to the Cape Talk listeners. So how important is it for the budget speech to strike, I, I dare say for lack of a better word, a balance between raising revenue and supporting economic recovery? Well, that balance is really critical for the future of South Africa. And I think where we should start is what is the purpose of the budget? So the budget doesn't actually allocate funds to specific projects or specific departments within government. What it is is essentially a policy statement of where government would like to allocate the funds. So in order to strike the balance, we need to understand where government wants to spend the money and, on the other hand, where it can get this money from. So, yes, of course, I'm a tax practitioner, so tax is what my daily bread and it's what I care about the most. But in this context, in the context of a South Africa where you have a very small tax base that's already quite heavily taxed in terms of personal income tax, you have a depressed economy because of global inflation and other you know, factors buffeting it left and right, which means that consumer spending is down. And on top of that, you have cyclical issues, for example, with our mining companies, which are a big driver of corporate income tax. They're facing a down cycle in the commodity cycle. So there's little prospect of tax coming from any of these pots. What does that mean? At the end of the day, the government doesn't only rely on tax revenues to fund its priorities. It also, much to our dismay, relies on a lot of debt funding. And so... Yes, while all the analysts have been speculating about whether it's going to be personal income tax or VAT or excise duties, my money is actually on debt funding. I think that's really where in this kind of election year, you don't want to ruffle feathers. You don't want to poke the electorate with a tax increase. Rather, the more politically expedient thing to do is to rely on creditors and get the your bonds going and get the funds into the coffers that way. Mm. So how do you anticipate the the upcoming budget speech? Will it it impact the tax landscape in South Africa or how will it impact uh, the landscape in South Africa? Do you anticipate any changes or bracket creep for personal tax rates? Uh, You know, Uh, I'm grinding my teeth now as I say that. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all are. And unfortunately, my money is on an increase in either the personal income tax or the excise duties. Those are really the only space where there's the political uh, margin 
to increase. So let's take the VAT. Increasing VAT in an election year is almost political suicide, especially in a country with the kind of social dynamics that are at play in South Africa. Increasing the VAT hits all your potential electorate. Everybody will feel the pinch. So that's completely off the table. As I mentioned earlier, we're on a down cycle, so increasing corporate income tax is not really a viable solution. So that's also off the table. What does that leave you with? Personal income tax and excise duties. Excise duties are an easy win, unfortunately, because they don't really hit anybody except the excise-paying public, the consumers of what are quote-unquote called the syntax goods or the luxury goods like yachts and helicopters. (laughs) So that is a more politically expedient (laughs) place to get increased funding. Last of all, personal income tax. The personal income tax, yes, it's a possibility. I don't think that it's a very viable option because, yes, salaries have, have managed to be quite constant despite COVID and all the rest. But that consumer is really driving the rest of the economy. So if you increase personal income tax, that means you're going to collect less VAT because there's going to be less ability for that income earner to spend their money in the economy because it's going to be going into the fiscus. Now, my mother's a retiree, uh, like many of our listeners out there. I am also putting away money so that when the time comes, I will retire. But ever since this budget speech talk has been about, there's been conversation around retirement savings and the potential taxation increase around that, which just sends shivers down my spine. I mean, are there any specific tax reforms or changes that you expect to be announced during the budget speech? I'm talking, you know, uh, retirement savings, fat fuel, uh, you know, uh, carbon tax, anything of that sort? Um, if I focus just on the retirement reform, retirement reform has been a long-standing project of the National Treasury. I think it stopped first began in around 2013, and it's been incrementally implemented as the time has gone past. Now, last year, we saw the introduction of the two-part or three-part initially system. And so that was probably the biggest change. And that is in order to give the retirement-saving population access to liquidity, essentially, so that if a rainy day comes, you can lean on these savings, access a portion of them, relieve your current distress, but also still have the other part waiting for you on retirement. So now in terms of the tax rates applicable to this kind of income, I don't see much of a prospect of this being changed, uh, simply because it's kind of a locked-in system. As you may be aware, you get a deduction for your contributions to whatever retirement plan you're part of. So there is sort of like an equation that National Treasury has run in the background to say, okay, if if we give all people who save for retirement a deduction up front, we will recoup it when they draw their retirement savings essentially. So that's why you have those very specific rates that apply to that kind of income. Carbon tax. Carbon tax is incrementally increasing. It's part of the policy. It was initially introduced as a very low base to get all the kinks and uh, issues out of the system, and they're slowly ratcheting it up. Yes, it will increase because that's been on the cards. so that wouldn't be a surprise to anybody in the, in the tax space. So, yes, companies that bear 
significant carbon tax bills should have already got an advice on that and be planning that into their uh, economic projections for the future. So, yeah, that's... that's I, a, yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking out loud, Sangha, that, you know, I, I think when you talk about personal income tax, okay, well, listen, when you talk, oh, I will listen, let me personalize this. Uh, if you talk about business uh, tax, I will listen, but that there's something that grinds me up the wrong way when you talk about retirement savings. It's, it, it's, it's just something unfair about it. It's especially when someone's already retired. Now, I, it's, there's something unfair about that. But let, let's round it up. What advice would you give to taxpayers regarding uh, tax planning in the light of the upcoming, upcoming budget speech? Sure. So I think, you know, definitely the tax burden for the average man on the street is going to increase, whether it's through bracket creep, i.e., uh, everybody's salary rate rises through inflationary increases and therefore everybody's sort of paying more tax, either going to a next bracket or just uh, uh, having a higher income, which is then taxed at the end of the day. I, yeah, please continue. Sure. So there's definitely a, an increase in the burden on, on, on the cards. So there's not much, unfortunately, wiggle room for the average man to plan their taxes. Uh, hopefully, uh, Minister Gurungwana will renew the renewable energy incentive for the solar, uh, things like that. So if those kinds of opportunities come up, I'd say grab them with both hands. I don't know, Chang, I always imagine the president sitting with the finance minister together and be like, Gurungwana, eh, how's, the, how's the retirement fund looking there? Hey, it's fat. It's fat, <laughs> Mr. President. It's fat. It's fat. And Ramaphosa goes, I'm going to get 1% one percent, eh? not too much. Just a bit. <laughs> Saga, thank you no, so very. <laughs> yeah, thank you so very much for joining us in conversation, Changa Okumba, uh, who of course is an associate in tax practice at Baker McKenzie South Africa, joining you to talk to you about uh, some of your tax-related issues in the budget speech that's coming up later on. Eight minutes before we get to the top of the hour. My name is Wabungile Gonzalez.